she said it, so it's all done. See you, see you next Sunday. I don't have anything to say. No, 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 I do. I, I just can hang on. Oh Lord, it's so amazing of where we find ourselves right now. Um, you can go to Psalms 139 because I'm just going to touch there for a minute. <clears throat> Lord, I ask you just to to make your word real to us this morning. You've done so much in these last days, weeks, and months. All part of your story because we're of your story and you're of our story and we're of one another's story. So Father, continue to give us eyes to see. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying today to us as a people of what you're purposing to do in and through our stories, your story, our lives together in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Psalms 139, and I'm just going to touch on this. This is verse uh, 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully, wonderfully in the low, excuse me, and skillfully shaped in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. Help me, Lord. And in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. Has that become real to you? And these, because this has been going on for yeah. probably a year or two years. Yeah. Are you recognizing the story, your life, of how God has orchestrated even before? And I know Norm does before you even entered your mother's womb. Yeah. No, I'm serious. I, you need to. I'm, I'm asking you. Is this real to you? Because see, this is just the beginning parts of this awakening or this awareness of who we are in God. And see, I've listened to It's a Wonderful Life for many years. Kathy's brought it up a few times. And you know, this Christmas season, there's a lot of emotions, there's a lot of things that are taking place. But you know, we've talked about George Bailey and his life. And really, you saw the movie, you just saw the story of his life. And at that time, we had the focus that George Bailey, if it was not for an angel that had come into his life, that revealed his purpose and how other people's lives would not be as they were without him, that was very real for us. But I contend and continue to ask the Lord, how do we as a people continue to move forward of where we are? So I began to see that story a little bit differently. We often look at our lives as what would people do without me? What, were people, what would people do without George Bailey? So we take that movie and then we realize that, yeah, our life is an influence and all of a sudden there's a lot of things in our lives that we begin to say to ourselves, well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much needed here. Uh, I can't be replaced. I just, uh, you know, if I left, they'd be in pretty bad shape. They'd be hurting and... You know, they probably miss me and realize how much I do and uh, how much they really uh, should have valued me and uh, seeing how important I am and was. And I began to just look at all of you and I began to say to myself, what would my life be like without Ben? Not what would his life be without me. Come on. I'm hoping you're listening to this. 
Not what Ben's life would be without me, but what would my life be without Ben? And I began to realize this journey that we've been on and keeping it sweet and all the words that have been coming have really, God has enabled us to have an opportunity to ground ourselves in the truth. As Norm spoke this morning, if Jesus' birth was appointed, and if your life, according to the word, was fashioned and shaped by God before you were even born or walked out a single day, then that means that your life also appointed And there's a scripture that Jesus uses in the book of John. He says, Father, as you have sent me into the world, I send them. Do not take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. And so as we begin to see what's happening in our lives, and that's why I needed to have uh, you respond, that is your story real? Has it become so real in your life that every single day you're realizing that there are places, there's relationships, There's things that you've entered into that God, by his sovereignty, has allowed you, has allowed me to be a part of. And I felt that it was so important for us as we're beginning now, because we're going to go to the book of Jeremiah, because for the people of Israel, it started with Abraham and his wife, Sarah. It started out as two people, and then those peoples became the people of God with a purpose foreordained, And they became a multitude as counted as the sands of the grand, excuse me, the grand of sands of the sea. You couldn't number them. And so as I began to just see this whole setting of this family of God that we're becoming, we start out as individuals. God has to make it real. Abraham knew the call on his life where he could not have fulfilled what he was to be if it wasn't real to him. How could he be a father? How could he be a father to nations if it wasn't real? If it was still a question? If he was going to waver, well, I'm not sure who I am. Well, I'm sure not what my well, what is my calling in life? Well, was 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 that really God, or was that just my imagination, or so the story is no different. John keeps saying it's a different time, a different people, but the story is the same. And so I began to ponder, how, how grounded are you in who you are, according to Psalms 139, as you increase to see every single day, you can see is ordained by God. Every relationship, everything that encounters your particular life, because you are the kingdom advancing And God allows heaven and earth to connect into your life in people's lives, places' lives, things' lives, if you will, in your life and others. And so when we begin to recognize, Andrew, what would my life be without you? It would be extremely different. Because the influence, the passion, the recognition that I see as a young man, all the things that have been placed in your life that only God in you could overcome. No man, no young man, no person could do that on his own. Now I want you just to ponder this now. 
we surely see things differently. Especially if you're a woman. You see it differently from a man. And if you're a man, you see it differently from a woman. Does it make one right or wrong? Just see it differently. It's a little package right here. Complimentary. Yeah. Kyle, you see this side. I see this side. Sean, you see this side, Kathy? You see a different view, don't you? Yeah. It's the same container. So how many things in our lives do we just see differently because we have a different view? Does it make us right or does it make us wrong? And so what we begin to realize that, you know what? There isn't any view that could change my relationship with you over this thing. This little container. And so when we begin to realize how important each other is in one another's lives, the love of God... What can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. 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 Could your view and my view, because it's different, separate you and I because of my love for you? Only if we let it. Only if you let it. Only if you say, wait a minute, no, no, you don't see things the way I do. Of course not. I'm not you. Oh, but you haven't lived the life that I've lived. Of course not. That's why you have your story. But you're part of my life. So part of your story is part of my story. And so I continued just to say, all right, Lord, there's so much that's progressing. There's change that's taking place. We're seeing this relationship with one another and recognizing that as we move forward, and I'm going to take you to Jeremiah 29, because at a time it was just Abraham and Sarah with a call of God Then they progressed and the family enlarged. And the family enlarged some more. And the family enlarged some more. And it continued to increase. And the story got bigger. And the story became larger. And then no longer was the story about Abraham and Sarah. And I'm hoping this rests on you. Because Abraham and Sarah were the foundation of the word that released that which God was going to establish. Even into the New Testament. We'd be of the seed of Abraham. Born by the Spirit. Born from above. We carry the seed of Abraham. So as you begin to see your life reproduce we don't become the focus it's the us it's the family that becomes the focus it's the greater purpose in Jamaica their emblem on their flag says out of many come one out of Jesus (laughs) became many to become one Now I'm going to take you to Jeremiah chapter 29. Because as Abraham and Sarah became the people of God, and then I want to go to chapter 29 of Jeremiah. Because I thought this was really, really interesting when I began to see it. Because as I look at you, and the word becomes alive, 
because I must speak into your story because your story is my story. Where you go, I go. Where I go, you go. Where he goes, we go. What you say, I say. What you pray, I pray. So listen to this. I thought this was really, really fun. This is going to be verse 10. Jeremiah 29 through 13. For thus saith the Lord, after 70 years are completed in Babylon, I will visit you. And that you no longer becomes an individual. That you is the plural. Listen to this as the plural. Not just you. Psalms 139 is you. But this word is for the plural. Okay? For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and and perform my good word towards you, plural, and cause you, plural, to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, plural, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. I love this. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Us. Us. Now, what I think is wonderful, (laughs) whatever night it was John and I were talking about, because we were talking about numbers, and John was saying everything that you say, everything that we talk about when it regards numbers relates to the Word. Seventy years in Babylon. You'll appreciate this, John, because I just saw this this morning. God had taken His people off the land because of their lawlessness. Took them off of the land of promise. But he said, after 70 years, I'm going to bring you back. And then I'm going to have a relationship with you. And then watch out. Here it goes. Because it's going to be the you's. It's going to be the us. It's not going to be you individually, though individually it's part of your story. The Janessee family has been in the Upper Valley for 40 years. Praise Chapel just celebrated its 30th year of ministry. What is 40 and 30? 70. I believe this is prophetically about us. This talks about the end times and we won't go there because I want to talk about the now. It's the us. Sean, you just put that picture up for me. See that picture up there? I'm sorry? Would you like to say that a little bit louder? Somebody's missing. Look at that picture. What's wrong with that picture? We're all missing. What's wrong with that picture? 
the us, the you, the whole, the family. See, this is what God has really fashioned in all of the aspects of our lives to bring us to this place because he wants to bring us. He's gathering us, if you will, because he scattered Israel. He's bringing us back to fulfill now, which is the next chapter of our story. Now, I've kept this in my Bible because this was my first granddaughter's wedding And that was June 1st, 2019 of this year. Our first granddaughter to become married. At the wedding reception, to find your place seating, she had given, excuse me, she put them up on a board, library cards. You had to find your library card to find where your seat was. My seating was chapter one. Welcome to the most awaited part of our story so far. That's what's on this card. And then Kathy's chapter two. So each person was another chapter another part of their story. They knew nothing about what's going on. They don't come to church here. They don't listen to the, to the word. But my question is, and I'm asking myself this, is this where we're going the most awaited part of my story? Do I have that anticipation? Is there a fervor inside of me that can't wait to see the next page turn? Because see, Abraham and Sarah could have been very, very content. You stop and think about how God reproduced his seed and he was a wealthy, wealthy wealthy man. He didn't have to finish his story. He could have stopped at any point along the way. But he knew there had to be a bigger picture. Was he challenged through it? Oh, yeah. Even giving up his ring to a prostitute? Did he walk through some adversity, but God always brought him back to the point of departure and fulfilled the purposes in his life? So, what I'm sensing is, and I've just, I continue to ponder okay, if this is now, because this is not just a physical building. If you consider all of Israel, their life was fashioned around gathering. The temple. A place of fellowship, relationship. You can read Acts 2. 
The New Testament church would have church in homes. But they go to the temple and the protocol where everybody used to fellowship outside on the steps. And they'd talk about their friends. And say, you know what? Norm was healed last Sunday. You know Norm, right? You've known him for at least 60 years. Really? Yeah, you ought to come over. We're just going to have lunch later. You want to come over and break bread? What does the word say? They broke bread. They fellowshiped. And it says later with Peter, hearts were pricked, 3,000 were added. Can you just imagine? Because now the ownership of that property is not ours. It's his. Which means he's going to brood over what is his. And so as we gather, because the invitation is going out for relationship, fellowship, I didn't have time. I, it was an afterthought, but that same night we had pizza. We laid out a banqueting table. Oh, was it Louis Louis? Thank you. It's Italian. Thank you. But see, what I sense is <clears throat> what's missing in that picture. is your part of the story. Your part of the story. How have we talked about this before? If you started reading a book and one of the characters that you've been reading about is missing, how do you finish the story? Well, I wonder what happened to them. I'll tell you, I don't know. But if Psalms 139, with the intent of you as an individual person, that which has been written concerning you, I have to believe that this is part of that. And if this is part of that, meaning your personal story, then Jeremiah 29 is part of our story. And it's amazing what takes place. <clears throat> Is Ben back there? He's waiting. Yeah, he's waiting. I would imagine Ben could probably hire himself out as a professional floor cleaner. Come on. Yeah. He's been on his hands and knees for I don't know how many days, weeks, hours. But you know what fellowship does? Even in one room, the next room, another room, there's that koinia. There's that fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Word talks about. It doesn't have to be what you're doing, how you're doing it. It's fellowship. 
Laughter. Put in a bulb. I wish Beth was here. Because I had to drag her to the Christmas tree because she didn't want to put on a Christmas bulb. I don't do Christmas bulbs. And I'm up on the ladder. I said, Beth, you're going to do a Christmas bulb. Because I'm your pastor. She says, all right, I will. And see, that's what we're becoming. It's not a building with four walls. First Peter talks about living stones. A house not built with hands. See, that's just a building. And what does God's word say? What could man build that could contain me? But what could God do? What could he build? What could he create? Living stones. Living stones. It transcends the building and it becomes the body of the true body of Christ. See, when we enter in worship into the heavenly realm, we join heaven. We're not pulling heaven down. We're joining that which is already holy. So as we begin to see Jeremiah 29 begin to have its fulfillment, all of this transcends into the heavenly city. It joins the heavenly city. Ephesians 1 says that the, at the culmination, at the administration of all things, or the closure of this age, Jesus is going to come. He's going to gather all things in heaven. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And all things in earth. Chapter 1. So all of this, because it's His transcends because the physical body isn't up in the city of God or the heavenly places. We are the city of God. We're the temple of God. We're the dwelling place. And so when we go into a building, this building doesn't have a roof. The word that's spoken can't contain, these walls can't contain what God's speaking. The worship, the upper valley, it's affected. <clears throat> and so what I'm saying is, your living substance of God's purposes and plan is active and alive. And it makes a difference. And so, we're going to be moving. We have now a requirement to finish that building by July. There's so much weight that's been removed because Kathy and I, we continue to repent. It's like, okay, God has done done so many things and we come up to one more thing and it's like we're overtaken. 
It's like when they cross the Red Sea, Norm, if the movie's anything close. And they're waiting for the last person to get aside because see the chariots coming halfway down through the river. And they're saying, wait a minute, we've got to get out of here. God just parted the Red Sea and they're worried about a few chariots. <clears throat> but that's where we were last week. God parted the Red Sea, right, Christine? And every time the next text or email or telephone call, it's like, oh, God, oh, where are you, God? Where are you? The chariots are coming. The chariots are coming. Where are you? $196,000. Are you serious? $96,000. That's a... And so we couldn't realize that $100,000 was an absolute miracle. No, it's what he hasn't done yet that's even worse. Because we focus on... And God's saying, wait a minute. Watch me. And so what I want you to understand is, is that I honestly believe if you allow Jeremiah to become real in your life, that you'll carry your Psalms 139 into Jeremiah 29, 10 through 13. And let this just become a place, a place of habitation for you. When you're driving by, just stop in. Sing a song. We'll bring a keyboard over there, Kyle, and you can play a keyboard while we're working. Bring a box of Dunkin' Donuts and some coffee. Stop in and just ask, how you doing? Or stop in and say, hey, listen, i got about an hour, hour and a half. Is there something I can do? I want the fellowship with you. I want the substance of, of my part of the story to be imparted to these walls. You don't think these walls don't have a deposit of who you are? If you've been coming here for a week, two months, a year, 30 years, you don't think because your spirit emanates. So you don't think there's some deposit of who you are in this house? What does the word say? Where your feet shall go, shall be blessed. Can you imagine when this is complete? Do you know what people are going to experience when they walk in the doors of that building? It's not going to be just a community center. It's not going to be just fresh paint and new carpet. They're going to be walking into the presence of the Lord. His dwelling place. Why? Because we've made that our habitation. That's our dwelling place. That's our gathering place. That's our meeting place. That tent back there, the meeting place of Moses, the tent of Moses, that was their meeting place. Now can you just imagine, just imagine with me, that particular tent placed in Jerusalem, in Shiloh. So everyone in Israel, excuse me, in the camp, in the encampment of Israel, whenever God spoke to Moses, there was a pillar of fire that appeared above the Holy of Holies. Can you imagine what it would be like if the pillar of fire appeared over that building next door? During the Jesus movement, there was a, well, you, many of you know Royal. 
He was a pastor of the church. It was Kanaya Chapel in San Diego. And we were going to church six, seven times a week. But on Friday nights, the youth ministry, because most of them are youth, getting all born again out of the Jesus movement, you know. Banana fields of Maui. On Friday night, because in that time, San Diego was a lot of farmland. And Royal and his wife Darlene had a home with a large barn. And when they would worship, the neighbors would call the fire department because there was a pillar of fire that would appear above their barn. And they thought that there was fire in the barn. That's what happens when we gather. I'm sorry? It was a pillar of fire, but just not one that could be put out with a fire truck. The essentially awe of who you are in God's plan and who God is in your plan, because he wrote it, and who we are in one another's plan, story, because God's destined it. And so I've tried to just be kind of slow with this because I just want this to, to minister to your to the destiny that's inside of you because it's not out here. The words that have been created in your life that aren't out here waiting to come down. When Jesus was, after eight days, he was, um, what's the word I want to use? Set apart. He was set apart. He was uh, circumcised. And he was prophesied over. And what was inside of him was released. Because it said the prophetess spoke these words. Plural. Excuse me. Female. Prophetess. Every time we come into, as it was this morning, Wayne, every time God begins to release the prophetic inside of you, it just releases destiny. So everything that we come to to this point prophetically is being released to us. It's the us now. Surely, individually. But that is for the purpose of the whole, Wayne. The releasing of the word surely to fulfill your Psalms 139. But then that carries over into Jeremiah and into all that God has planned for us. And that's just the beginning. Because then we have a thousand years to reign with him, and we don't even know what that looks like. So does this help a little bit? Uh, How wonderful. Tom, I don't know what my life would be like without you. And I mean that. That's why... You know, I hug him and he starts to let go and I say, no, you can't let go yet. I'm not done. We need each other and that's the way God has designed it. And thank you, Father, because we would have probably chosen another way. Amen. So, Father, I just thank you. Thank you for 70 years. <laughs> that you love us so that you've taken us out of our bondage out of our place of off the land if you will 
And you've gathered us and brought us together. And you have such wonderful things yet, according to your word, to finish. I know my thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me, this is a promise, and find me. When you search with, for me with all of your heart. And we do that as a family this morning, Father. We submit to your word that your son might be glorified in all of the earth and in this upper valley. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, you may. Hallelujah. Fourteen, Ben. Bless. There we go.